Well, Northside family, good to be with you today. My name's Nate. If you're new here, I want to welcome you. And uh, can we just thank God once again just for this time of worship this morning and want to welcome you online if you're tuning in. Uh, I want to invite you, if you got your Bible or your Bible app, you can open to John chapter 14. If you got your Bible, it's in the middle and then hang a hard right, all right? It's in the New Testament, it's the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've been walking through in this series the seven statements that Jesus makes about himself. This is what I love about our Savior, about our God, is he's not trying to play games with us. He's not trying to go catch me if you can, and if you're smart enough, maybe you'll know me, or if you've graduated Bible college, then you'll know me. What he says over and over again in the New Testament is this, here's who I am. And if you were here last week, Mike Bro did an incredible job talking about I am the resurrection and the life. And so no matter what problem you are going through, you have the resurrection and the life with you. And today we're going to be talking about how Jesus tells his disciples here in John chapter 13 through John chapter 17, it's one long conversation because he's going to the cross and he will ascend to heaven. And what he wants them to know in his last conversation is the most important thing. And what he tells them is this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so today, if you're looking for purpose, if you're looking for a way forward, maybe you're here today and you just got caught in traffic. You're like, I didn't even mean to turn into here, right? Like kind of traffic just you know, brought you in here. You just need to know the way drew you in here today, right? And, and the good news is God is saying, I want you into this relationship with me. Uh, you know, this weekend was our men's challenge. Last weekend was our women's challenge. Got some pictures. And women's, this is what I love. You guys did incredible. And you also made it an 80s theme, right? You're like, we're going to follow Jesus and have fun, right? That's just how you women do it. And I love it. I tried that with the men, no takers, right? You know, I, I signed up. I had like a leather jacket to like, get out of here, man, right? And, no, but it was an incredible time yesterday with our men's challenge. And, and, and I talked to one buddy. He's like, men's challenge. What are you guys going to do? Like, time our 40-yard dash, right, and challenges are unfair. Like, and I said, no, 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 you know, men's challenge isn't, can you bench press 300? Because I don't qualify, right? You know, and, and men's challenge isn't, you know, all these other things. Men's challenge and women's challenge is simply this, is that we would follow the way, and we would follow the truth, and we would follow the life. Because in this world, here's what happens. There's many opportunities offered to you and I that look like the way, that look like the truth, that look like the life. And when you begin to follow them, what you find out is this. They are not the way, they are not the truth, and they're not the life. The only problem is this. Oftentimes, we don't find it out till like five years later. And we go, man, I, I chased this career, or I chased this girl. Or I, I chase this thing only to, to find out maybe I got what I wanted. And then maybe you haven't used this verbiage, but this is what you felt in your heart. You're like, man, my soul is not at home. And, and this is what happens. This is why Jesus is telling his disciples this. He's going, I don't want you to be mistaken in this world. You're going to have a lot of opportunities in this world to chase after things. But there's only one person who is the way. And there's only one person who is the life. And there's only one person who is the truth, and his name is Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Jesus says this, I'm here today. This is what he's telling his disciples. This is what he's telling you and I today is this. I'm here today to be your way home. I'm here today for you to live in this world, but to have your heart at home, to have your heart full of peace, 
I remember uh, it was my uh, Ruthie and I's fifth wedding anniversary. We have a mentor couple that we still hang out with. They live out of state, but we've been friends with them for 20 years, and they're older than us, and they invest into us, and we meet with them, and they speak life into us. And uh, my buddy knew our fifth wedding anniversary was coming up, and he asked me, he's like, hey, fifth wedding anniversary is coming up. What are you doing for it? And I'm like, you know, probably Texas Roadhouse. And he's like, come on, man. No, you know, I'm like, I, I just had a, I didn't really have anything planned yet. I was just thinking about it. And he said, hey, tell you what. And he kind of set me up a little bit. He goes, tell you what. He goes, I got to go to Hawaii for, for a trip. He goes, I have a ton of airline miles. What if I gave you and Ruthie airline miles and you went with us to Hawaii and you just pay for your hotel? And I said, man, my calendar's pretty full. And uh, no, I did it, right? You're like, you idiot, right? No, I was like, what? What? Right? Yes, you know, and, and I never thought we could be able to go there. And, and I told Ruthie, man, we were ecstatic to, to get to go there. And it was it's beautiful island, you know. And we were just on the big island, and, and it was incredible. But something happened on the plane on the way back. You know, I had built this trip up. This was going to be like probably the greatest place I'll ever see in my life. And it was beautiful. And it'd probably be the greatest week of my life. And it was great. But something happened in my heart on the way home. And it was the first time I put words to it. And this is what just came out in me. This just kind of came out. I said, uh, man, this is beautiful. This was a great trip. And just kind of said it to myself like, but man, water's water. Food's food. I can't wait to get home. It was just this weird thing that came over me. I was grateful for the trip. I was grateful for the experience, but there was something in me. I don't know if you've ever been that. Maybe you've been in Florida before, and you're just down there, and it's a great week, but you just know there's just something longing in your heart and longing in my heart that goes, as beautiful as this world is, we just know at the end of the day, it's just not the way. It's just not the truth, and it's just not the life. And what I love about Jesus is this, he's not trying to hide, he's not trying to take life from us, he's wanting to give us life. And listen what he tells his disciples this, in John chapter 13, the problem is, and all the way through John, what you find is this, the disciples and the crowds are not at home. Matter of fact, if you know the story, it's this, the Israelite people, the Jewish nation is under Roman impression, which means this, they are getting taxed through the nose. Their land has been taken from them. They feel helpless. They feel oppressed. And what they're saying is this, we're not at home. And Jesus shows up and he's changing water into wine. They're like, I'm going to follow that guy, right? And Jesus is healing people. And Jesus is bringing life into the world. And what they do is this, it says, scripture says this, and they start forcing him to be king. And what they start doing is this, they start forcing Jesus into their mold because what they knew is this, if we can get power away from the Romans, we will be at home. We will be at home. And Jesus in John chapter 13 begins to blow their minds a little bit. And he says, hey, listen up, guys. He goes, I'm leaving. And where I'm going, you can't come. And they're like, what, what do you mean? You're supposed to be our king. And he begins to tell them the way that he's going to be king, but it's not the way that they think. See, this is what the way and the truth and the life looks like. It's totally different than how the world perceives the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus knows that in their heart, and he knows the longing in your heart and my heart to be at peace with God, to be at peace with ourselves, to be at peace with others, to be at peace in all of the world. And listen what he begins to tell them in John chapter 14. 
He tells his disciples, and he tells you and I today, he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. For some of you here today, or maybe you're watching online, your heart is troubled today. Your heart's not at home today. And Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. What Jesus is saying is this, he's going, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to heaven and when I do that, I'm going to prepare a place for you to be with me. I'm going to prepare a place for your heart to be at home, for your sins to be forgiven, for you to live in eternity with God. Now here's the thing, sometimes when Jesus does these incredible things, you know the way, right? We're expecting the disciples to be like, that's right, Jesus, and we're following you, and we're all in. Listen what Thomas says right after that in verse 5. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And poor Thomas, right? Two th I think he gets mentioned three times in the Bible. One, it's this, doubting Thomas, and now it's questioning Thomas, right? How would you like to be remembered for the thousands of years of the guy who got Sunday school answers wrong, right? You know, you're like, oh, that's it. Jesus gives this great speech. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know the way. Right, <laughs> just 12 of them there. He's been hanging with Jesus for three and a half years. I don't know the way. This is what I love about Jesus. He's okay with your questions. He's okay if you came in here today going, I am so lost. I'm disoriented. I'm trying to make sense of life. He allows Thomas to raise his hand and go, Jesus, I don't know the way. I, I, where, where are you going so we can know the way? And Jesus graciously says this, oh, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And then listen to what he says, if you really knew me, Thomas, you would know my Father as well. See, this is the joy. When you know Jesus, you know our Father and our God. And he says, if you know me, you'll know my father as well. And then he says, from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. This is what I love about Jesus is this. Sometimes when we hear this phrase, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we only hear it in a combative way. Some people will say this is a very arrogant statement from Jesus. How dare he claim to be the only way? What an arrogant statement. Can I just let you know this statement is the most gracious statement you and I could ever hear. See, it's not just that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Here's the, here's the gift of this passage. It's this. It's that Jesus is the way that the Father has come to us. See, you have a Father who's come after you when you and I haven't come after him. See, this is what the way does. This is what the truth does. This is what the life does. Even when we haven't pursued it, the way, the truth, and the life is pursuing us. See, this is the good news that we get to give to the world today. This is the good news is that your heavenly father has come after us. I, I love this quote, C.S. Lewis, uh, just a crazy popular theologian. He said this, 
I love this quote. He says, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. When you find that nothing in this world can ultimately satisfy, matter of fact, this is what I love Jesus says, because sometimes maybe you feel this way today, you feel like you're just on this hamster wheel. And the faster you're spinning, the more tired you're getting. And Jesus says, good news, I'm no hamster wheel. I'm the way. And I'm the truth. And I'm the life. When he says, I'm the way, it literally means the word road. For some of you today, you're going, I don't know how I deal with my past. He goes, well, I'm the way forward. Some of you are here today and you've given your life to Christ years ago and you're going, I'm wondering what the next season of my life looks like. Can I just encourage you today, even if you're facing retirement, maybe you're facing graduation, maybe you're unemployed right now, can I just let you know today, right now, the way wants to move you forward. The way is with you. And he goes, no, 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 I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. But here's what I found in this passage. Six times it says this word, no. Jesus says, if you want to know the way forward, here's what you got to do. You got to know the way. You got to know the way. Here's what I love. I, sometimes I just love these phrases. They help me. This is what I found out in my own journey with Jesus. It's this. I got to know to grow. I got to know to grow. Oftentimes I want to grow in my spiritual life. And I'm like, man, if I can just become more disciplined, if I can get this in order, if I can get this in order, I'll move forward. And Jesus goes, oh, Nate, your plans are so cute. Good job, right? I really appreciate you ordering your life up. And, and great job. That's awesome. And then I begin to present him. And then he's like, hey, I got some other ideas for you. And really what he wanted all along is this. He didn't want a midterm paper from me. You know what he wanted from me? My heart. Nate, I want you to know me. I want, I want you to know me as your savior. I want you to know your heavenly father. I want you to know who's the one who's gonna sustain you, the one who's gonna lead you. And here's why. Because the way of Jesus is a relationship. It's not a ritual. See, this is the joy of the way. This is the joy in this moment. When he calls the disciples to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying this, I'm inviting you into this living, active relationship with me. Here's too many times, here's our default. People will say stuff like this. Well, how are you going to get to heaven? I'm a pretty good person. And then we're like, really? Right? You know what I'm saying? Right? And here's what we start doing. We start rationalizing. And if I'm honest, my bad outweighs the good. I don't know about you. And here's what happens. Sometimes we begin to believe in that ritual. I'm just a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. I am the way. See, this isn't just about your good deeds or how good you are. This is about this relationship. He says, this is why he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, isn't it interesting? Jesus is going to the cross. He's about ready to die for the sins of all of humanity, your sins, my sins. And you know what he could have told the disciples? Guys, I'm about ready to die. I need your help. And you know what he tells them? Don't let your hearts be troubled. See, this is the kind and compassionate God that we follow a God who sees us, who meets us right where we are, and he goes, no, 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 I have a way forward for you. I have a way that I want to lead you. And then he says this, trust in God, but trust in me, because I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
If you've noticed out in the lobby, we're renovating our kids' side ministry, especially the 945. Man, we are out of room with our kids' ministry. I love it. I love that the next 52 years of this church is going to be led by Jesus, reaching more and more people, and we're making more and more room. And one, just thanks for your generosity to expand it. But here's why we're doing it. It's not just to expand room. It's this. We don't have enough room for our special needs ministry. And you know who matters to Jesus? People with special needs. And you know what I love about Jesus? It's this. He's going, I care about the little ones, even when you don't think they can contribute to the kingdom, because Jesus did one of his greatest miracles with five loaves and two fish. He is the way, the truth, and the buffet, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is greater, right? And here's what he's just saying. He's going, I just want you in this relationship with me. I want the next generation in a relationship with me. I want you who are facing retirement in a relationship with me. Can I just encourage you? My dad and I talk about this all the time. I tell my dad all the time this. Dad, I think your best days are actually ahead of you. And here's why. You have wisdom and experience that the rest of us do not have, but we desperately need. See, this is the power of the church. The power of the church needs to get younger, but guess what? The power of the church also needs to get older. Because the power of the church is the way and the truth and the life. The goodness and opportunity for you and I is not our ability, but the one who's come after us. Question for you and I today is this though. Do you know the way and the truth and the life? Or maybe you you have been a follower, but you're going, man, I need to know him in a whole new way. This is why I want to invite you. Every week we've been putting these kind of cards out in your cup holder. And I want to invite you just to grab it real quick. This is this is the challenge this week, all right? You know, this I, I love that you're here, but here's the deal. Church isn't just a ritual, man. Church is a relationship. It's you and I journeying every day with Jesus. And here's the challenge we want to invite you into with this relationship with Jesus. This is a prayer card. And it just says this, it's John chapter 14, verse six on there. It says, I'm the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. And here's what we wanna encourage you to do with this card this week, it's this. We know next weekend is baptism weekend. For some of you, you need to begin a relationship with Jesus and here's how you do it. You confess he is your king and savior. You confess your sin and go, Jesus, you are the way, the truth and the life and you repent and you turn of sin. So baptism is we are buried with Christ and we're raised in a new life. We turn from the old. We turn away from everything else being the way, the truth, and the life. And we say, Jesus, you're it. And maybe for some of you, you go, yeah, I've never made that decision. We want to invite you to make that decision this week. You can go online. You get information on our website, mynorthside.info. You can get all sorts of stuff there. But here's what I know is also true for a lot of you in this room. It's this. Prayed with a guy this morning. Got a big career decision that'll impact the rest of this year. And this was our prayer together this morning. God, would you show me the way? God, would you show me the way? Got a career decision. Got a big decision to make over here. Maybe you have a big conversation to have with somebody. And this week, what you need to write down is this, God, I want my relationship with you to impact the decisions I'm making. See, this is what it means to follow the way. This is what it means to follow the life. Because here's what I love that Jesus does right after this. He doesn't just say that to him. This is what I love in verse 12. He says this. He says, now I tell you the truth. 
Don't you love it that Jesus isn't going to lie to you, right? He has to like remind them one more time. I'm not lying, guys. I'm telling you the truth. And listen to what he says here in John chapter 14, verse 12. And this is why we need to know because Jesus packs a punch in this verse. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, it's what we do. When we become followers of Jesus, when we get baptized, we go, I'm placing my faith in you and what you did on the cross. I'm not placing my faith in how good I am, how much I go to church. I'm placing my faith in you. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, catch this, will do what I have been doing. What? Jesus goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm inviting you into this life. Remember, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And he goes, anybody who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. You're like, ooh, that's a tall order. Well, just read the next verse, right? He says, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. At this point, if I'm Thomas, I'm raising my hand again. Are you sure, Jesus, right? Like, I don't know the way. Did, did you mean that? And we're actually going to do greater things? Here's what Jesus isn't saying. He's not saying we're going to be greater than Jesus. But here's what happens. When you and I apply the ways of Jesus to our life, what Jesus do? Jesus met people right where they were, and he gave them the hope of the world. You know what the way and the truth and the life is inviting you and I into? To bring the hope of the world right here and right now. Here's been a big mistake of Christians for a long time. I've even made this mistake. It's this. Let me get saved so I don't go to hell and I can't wait to go to heaven. And here's the problem. You escape the mission of Jesus. See, Jesus says this. He goes, I'm not just the way for you. I'm the way for the world. And you know who I want to bring that hope to the world? Through you. Through you. And some of you are like, whoo. You picked the wrong brother, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus, you need to ask somebody else. No, Jesus knows exactly who he's asking. He knows exactly who he's talking to. And he goes, no, when you have faith in me, you will do what I have been doing. You will invest your life in the others. See, this is what we got to make sense of in Jesus. It's this. The truth of Jesus is this. It's being, it being people who follow his example, not our experience. Here's what our experience tells us. I'm a failure, I'm a fraud. No way Jesus wants anything to do with me. And he goes, oh no, when you put your faith in me, you're gonna do what I've been doing. And here's the thing, not only are you gonna do what I've been doing, you're gonna do greater things. And here's why Jesus said that, because he only had three and a half years to make disciples. Lord willing, Aaron said it today, that this year he celebrates being a follower of Jesus for 30 years. Lord willing, you and I will have 40, 50, 60 years to live according to the ways of Jesus. We had a psychologist, Dr. John Walker, come and talk to our staff, and he said, here's the problem. Oftentimes, pastors deal with this, followers of Jesus deal with this, and he says this, it's the difference between little t truth and big t truth. He says, here's how we live our life. Yes, we have faith in Jesus, but then we begin to operate by a little t truth. I grew up as a failure. My parent told me I'm a failure. I've seen myself fail. All I am is a failure. And you know what? That's true. We have failed. We have sinned. But there's a bigger T truth that is speaking into you than just your experience. The question is this. What truth are you listening to? Looked over today. We've got a special uh, Northside staff member here in the audience today. 
Oh, this is what I love about the church. The church just isn't New Albany. The church is a global church that Jesus is the head of. And uh, we've got one of our staff members who's a missionary in Africa with us today, Terry Ruff. Can we just welcome him real quick? Just say, hey, my man. Dad leaned over. He goes, hey, Terry, Terry's in the house over there, right? And uh, you got one of the most phenomenal beards as well, right? And so uh, I, I love it. And uh, Terry and his wife Amy were on staff here 15 years ago maybe. 15 years ago, felt the call to go be missionaries in Africa. They are our living link, so they're still on our staff. But I didn't know if you knew this, we have a north side in Africa. Right? And uh, yeah, it's super cool. And here's the thing. They went over to go, we just want to reach this nation. We want to step out. You know, we're just, we're walking by faith. We're following the way. We're following the truth. We're following the life. Uh, Terry, just real quick, can you tell me how many uh, nations you're in now in Africa since you guys have been there? They, they've expanded into 10 nations now. Can you give us a rough estimate how many people have been baptized in these 15 years? Around 20,000. Yeah, just, you know, just one of those like. And that's not like preacher count. Like, oh, there was a good spirit in the room that day, right? You know, we chat with them every year. And, and this is what's happening now. Terry and his wife, Amy, even through COVID, here's what they began to happen. They began to mentor and develop leaders in different nations. And here's the reason why it's happening. Because the way and the truth and the life will not be stopped. It will not be stopped. Nations that oppose God can't stop God. Nations that want to keep God out, sorry. God's like, I ain't leaving. Oh, man, right? And not only do you see this, you see this happen specifically in nations that are most oppressed. You know what you find in China and all sorts of other nations? I got a buddy who's a missionary in Afghanistan. Got, got brought out during all of the, the fighting gone on, and he's gone back in. Now, here's the deal. The goal isn't for you and I to have to travel across the world. That's not the goal. You're like, whoo, thank God, you know what the goal is, though, for you and I? To follow the way and the truth and the life. To do what Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? Jesus simply met people right where they were and gave them the hope of the world. Here's the good news for you and I. We can't change anybody, but you know what we can do? We can introduce them to the change. We can introduce them to the change. We can tell them about a different way. We can tell them about a different life. We can tell them about a different truth. Got an incredible email this week. A lady, uh, first time here this month, actually this last month, and uh, she said, you just need to know how your church has blessed me. I'm like, well, it's not my church, it's Jesus' church, but thank you, you know, this is super cool. And she said this, she said, my husband divorced me, just left me and my kids. And she said, my neighbor, it's my neighbor who said, hey, Heard you're going through a divorce. On Monday nights at Northside, they have divorce care on care night. You ought to go. She said, not only did I go, those people there at care night met me right where I was and began to help me. She said, I used to grow up in church, but then I strayed away. 
She said, I brought my kids for the first time last week and they loved kids' side. They came out so excited. And then she said this, just heartfelt. She said, I know God didn't use my divorce just to get my kids back in church, but he is doing a redemptive work in me that I can't explain. And all you can say is this, he really is the way and he really is the truth and he really is the life. When you've lost your way, You've lost your truth. You've lost what it feels like is your life. Our prayer is this. We would be people who would do what Jesus did. And you know how he says to do that? I love this. In verse 13, he challenges us, challenges me. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Some of you are like, Jesus, I need a convertible. That's not what he's saying, right? You know, Jesus, I need a convertible in your name, right? For your glory, right? You know, I just want to draw attention so then I can tell everybody about you. No, right? No, no, no. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Here's what I found. Oftentimes, the biggest problem in my life is this. I don't ask God first. I just go to work. And then when I'm burned out and I'm fried and I'm tired, God, would you do something? And he's like, oh, I would love to. Here's the problem. I'm learning it doesn't start with me, it starts with him. Jesus challenges disciples. He's challenging you and I today. I want you to pray bold prayers. Jesus, would you give me an opportunity to tell my neighbor about you? Jesus, would you give me courage? Matter of fact, here's where you might, this, this might help, this helps me to identify where I need to ask for the help of Jesus. It's this, when he says, go and do what I've been doing, whatever you feel like is keeping you from doing that, that's what you need to ask God for. God, I don't know how to explain you to my neighbors. God, would you help me to explain you to my neighbors? God, I don't know how to be bold at my work because sometimes I can be embarrassed of what people will say about me. God, I don't know how to be bold at my work. And I'm embarrassed of what people may say about me. Would you help me be courageous? You know what he's going to say? I would love to. Because I'm the way. And I'm the truth. And I'm the life. I remember one time before Ruthie and I made a ministry move, we had this decision. We felt the Lord was kind of prompting our heart. Uh, I didn't even have a job lined up. I just felt the Lord was moving my heart to, to change jobs. And, I, you know, nothing was wrong. It's just one, sometimes God begins to work, and it's scary to change. And I remember Ruthie and I, we just took a day. We said, hey, let's take a day. Let's fast, and we'll pray. God, if we're supposed to move, tell us. And, uh, and we're going to fast, so you really got to tell us, God, right? You know, it's one of those things. So, you know, we, we, we prayed and, and we fasted and we, we didn't talk to each other about it all day. And then we came back together that night. And we said, what did the, the Lord tell you? Yes or no? You're supposed to stay, you're supposed to go, right? And what's amazing is the Lord told us just both individually, 
It was amazing. He just simply said this into our hearts. I want you to know me more than you want to know the answer. So yes or no, right? I want you to know me more than you want to know the answer. What he was saying is this, Nate, you're letting that become your way and your truth and your life. Nate, I am your way. I am your truth. I am your life. This is what I love about Jesus. After that, he tells them to, to do what I've been doing. In verse 15, he says this to him. He says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Don't you love that Jesus doesn't go, if you obey, then I'll love you. It's not what he says. He goes, I love you. I'm the way. All you need to do is to love me. And, and if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you. How long? Forever. Only from 8 to 10 a.m. And then the Holy Spirit's got to move on, Nate. He's got a busy schedule today. Mm -mm. Now, the way, the truth, and the life, when we give our life to him, is with us forever. He is the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But here it is. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Here's why we need to know the way, the truth, and the life. It's because the life of Jesus is learning to live by his presence, not our power. Not our power. The disciples, that's why they wanted Jesus. Give us power over Rome. And he goes, no, I'm going to give you a better power. I'm not going to give you a political power because guess what? I don't know if you've learned about this. I don't know if you've read any history books. Did you know Rome is no longer a powerhouse in the world? I don't know if you knew that or not, right? But in that moment, that's all they could see. And what happened to Rome was this. After a while, they fell apart. Because turns out Rome isn't the way, <laughs> the truth, or the life. And Jesus goes, I, I want to give you that. I want to give you my Holy Spirit. See, the joy for you and I today is this, the way, the truth, and the life has come to live with us, it's come to lead us, it's come to take us into different nations. In two weeks, over 350 of you Northsiders are going to go down to Guatemala, and here's what's going to happen. You're not just going to build homes. This is what you're going to do. You're going to bring the way and the truth and the life. You're not going to go in your power Matter of fact, the last time we did that, we had some people who had never even crossed the Ohio River and gone to Kentucky. Their first trip to Kentucky was to go to the Dominican Republic. I'm like, God bless you, man. That's like some real obedience there, right? And the way and the truth and the life it says, I've come to give you this relationship, I've come to be with you forever. 
come to give you a power you don't have. I've come to invite you into a life you're not living. I want you to do what I have been doing, but God, I am weak. I don't know enough. But I am, says Jesus. Today, I just want to invite you just to bow your head for a moment. Maybe you feel like Thomas in this passage and you came into this place and you're going, man, I am lost, I am confused, I'm dejected, I'm overwhelmed. And you just need to allow the way and the truth and the life to meet you right now. Allow your heart just to cry out, God, this is, I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe next week, baptism weekend, is the step you need to take. And you go, okay, I, I need to begin to follow this way. He loves me. He's forgiven me. He's invited me into this relationship. Maybe some of you need to begin to reprioritize your life because you're going, I'm not doing what Jesus was doing. I'm not investing my life into others. It's just been about me and Jesus. And Jesus today is inviting you into a different way to live your life. He's going, I want to invite you to invest your life. I want you to give your life away so that others would know the life. So, Father, we ask. That's what you told us to do right now. We ask. God, would you glorify us this week because we're about you. Father, for those who are carrying heavy sins in this place and online, Father, this week, right now, this moment, would they begin to walk in a new way? Not by their power, but by your presence. Father, would you show us a different way this week? God, would we do what you have been doing, what you've done for us? Father, by the power of your spirit, would we begin to be your people? So that God, nations would know you. Our neighborhood would know you. New Albany would know you. Floyd County would know you. Southern Indiana would know you. Our state would know you. Our region. Father, we pray for those who don't know you. God, this isn't just about us. This is about all of humanity. And right now in this moment, Father, we pray, would you give us your heart? Because there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life but you, Jesus. And we submit our lives to your name and your kingdom and for your ways. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said together, amen. May you follow the way this week. God bless you all. And we'll see you next weekend.